You're now listening to Sound Talent Media. Check out more shows at SoundTalentMedia.com. Hello and welcome to the guitar... Oh wait, sorry. That's that's the wrong show. Uh, welcome back to another episode of the Tone Mob Podcast. Yes, that's the show we're talking about today. What's going on, folks? I hope everything is good. I hope everything is splendid in your neck of the woods. I'm just over here running around like a madman trying to trying to make sense of all this stuff. And uh, yeah, it's a, it's a fun time. We're having a good time over here. We've got lots of rad guests coming up for you. I mean, really rad guests. Not like, well, I guess that's not really any different than normal. All my guests are so cool. I don't know. I don't know what that's about. They make me feel like a loser. They're so cool. Including today's guest, Mr. Alec Breslow from Mask Audio Electronics. I met Alec at uh, SummerNAM, actually. We'd already been kind of talking on the internet a little bit. And uh, it was nice to get to meet him in person. It's always nice to get to meet people in person. It's the it's the best. It's the way to go. Um, but I should probably shut up. I don't really have too many important things to plug at the top of this one. And we want to get right into the meat and potatoes as quickly as possible. But before I do that, I just want to remind... Uh, duh? Wow. My, my voice just failed right there. I just want to remind you about an easy way to help support the show... And that is by doing your gear shopping through ToneMob.com slash Reverb. Yes, that will take you right to Reverb.com. But that special link, make sure that whatever you do over there, whether you're buying, selling, whatever, a little tiny portion of that comes back and helps keep the lights on, helps keep the show going. So I haven't talked about it for a little while, but yes, it's definitely still a thing. So go to ToneMob.com slash Reverb for all of your Reverb shopping needs. And if you don't have a Reverb account, this is the first time you're hearing about Reverb somehow, or you've just never gotten around to, to signing up, just signing up for an account through that link will will help out. They actually they actually like that so much, they kicked me a few bucks. So it's a, it's a nice thing to do, and it's free. It doesn't cost you anything. Well, I guess it's not free if you're buying things, but you were going to buy it anyway. So if you're going to buy things that you're going to buy anyway through Reverb, please use that link. That's ToneMob.com slash Reverb. All right, without further ado, we will get right into the show with Mr. Alec Breslow. I hope you enjoy it as much as I did. Here we go. Boom. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of the Tone Mob podcast, the show about guitar tone and the people behind it. I'm your host, Blake Wylan, and with me today, I have Alec Breslow. From Mask Audio Electronics. What's going on, man? Oh, it's a nice, super rainy day here in Michigan. How's it over there? Uh, it's kind of weird. It's uh, it's fall here, and well, it's fall everywhere, but it's it's brilliantly beautiful, clear blue skies, uh, which is not not the Portland, Oregon norm. So I'm gonna take it while I can get it. It's cold. It's cold, but that's okay. I can deal with that. It's, it's cold is manageable. Mm-hmm. Totally can totally handle it. But I mean, we'll 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 see rain here sooner or later. That's just the way of things. So I have a big question for you before we get into like the the general stuff. And this is something that I I haven't seen a good answer to, at least not in my just light research. What is what's the name mask audio? Like what's the mask part? Where's the mask come into all this? What's going on here? You're you're surprisingly actually the first person to outright ask me. 
Um, so the mask comes from, if you open up every petal, there's a little doodle of like a face with a triangle and a square. Mm -hmm. Um, and that actually used to be like a mask that I used to draw since I was like seven years old. Um, and so I've just kind of kept it. Interesting. Plus, Plus in the early, when I was coming up with a name, one of the early drafts was mask audio devices, which would have been a better acronym, but I figure uh, Earthquaker kind of has the devices thing on lock. Eh, I don't know. I feel like they didn't invent the term. We we can we can give a pass to anyone using devices. That's okay. Yeah, I, I kind of established the electronics thing. Yeah, eh, that works. It's good. I but I I want to say like for for whatever reason, and I don't know what it is. Obviously, like so many so many of us and so many of these episodes, I found you through Instagram initially. And the name was what stood out. I was like, what's this mask? What's mask? I'm like, I, it was like, like, that's the first question I had. So I guess it makes sense that it would be the first question that I would ask. So is this mask like a, a mask that you had? Or is it like something you came up with in your head as a seven-year-old? It's uh, like most things as a seven-year-old, I just came up with it in my head. Like it could be just um, like a theater mask that you would wear. Right. Gotcha. But yeah, I no, it was just something I drew and I just kept with it and then yeah, just wound up into the name. I kind of love it. I, I kind of like that it came from your seven year old brain. I like when things that seemingly make that like are seemingly kind of like not that important end up materializing later in life in a, you know, not it's not like the most important thing, but it's not unimportant either. You know, the name of your company, the name of your brand, it's crucial to you. And so it's kind of cool to see that that trickle through. Oh, yeah, that and I just like really long names. <laughs> it, it's an accidental weakness. Like I, I get great joy of making uh, fake Fallout Boy songs because nope. they Fallout Boy ti- song titles can be an entire sentence. Oh, yes. I, I never I never really thought about that. I did like yeah. at the time when they were like at the peak of the peak. I was like, man, this is this is kind of a, a thing, a stylized thing they've done with their song titles. And it obviously like trickled down to every other emo band, but never thought about just making up random, you know. I don't what's what's a good one you came up with recently? I was gonna try to ad lib, but it my brain totally failed. I haven't done it in a while, just cause the, the brain space has been so busy. You have been up to a lot of things, and uh, with that, maybe we should dive into the classic question of your musical backstory, and how did you get to making these things in the first place? Ah, geez. Where to begin? Um, I don't know, you want to start with me, how I got to guitar, or do you want to start with uh, Oh yes. how yeah. I got to electronics? Definitely guitar first. Guitar first, and because that always—that's always the genesis, at least for most people that come on this show. Yeah, I mean, I've been such a nerd. I was the kid that took stuff apart all the time. But I came—I actually came into guitar through Guitar Hero. Okay. Um, yeah, I, I was just super young when that game came out, and uh, just see, uh, made guitar seem cool, and I didn't have very much in the way of hobbies at the time. So I asked my parents for a guitar and they picked me up a cheap guitar and I just kind of rolled with it. I took lessons for a few years and just kind of stuck with playing guitar. Um, 
when did pedals I accidentally came in the pedals while taking lessons while I was waiting uh waiting for a lesson one day there was just this I think it was like one of the Digitech multi effects units um up on the counter and the guy at the shop let me plug it in and I was just like whoa this is really cool <laughs> oh man um and yeah I just became kind of obsessed with it I, I the the first memory i have of boutique pedals is um there's a video of a devi ever truly beautiful disaster being ran through a drum machine and it just sounds like absolute chaos i never heard anything like that i think i was like 14 or 15 at the time which kind of eventually led me to boutique pedals and Debbie Ever and all that, and then also into Nine Inch Nails. Ah, that makes sense. That makes a lot of sense. Um, but yeah, so I just kind of stuck with it, not thinking much of it. Um, and then I bought my first pedal. I opened, I, I have this distinct memory of opening it up and just looking inside of it and being amazed at what I found. And then my dad looking over my shoulder and just being like, how much did you pay for that? <laughs> I told him, and he's like, man, because my dad is, was uh, went to college for electrical engineering. Mm -hmm. um, so he's just like, that is like 12 cents worth of components. <laughs> um, I'm just like, I don't care. <sighs> yeah, it was an electroharmonics double muff. Fantastic pedal. Ah, the double muff. I still have never played one of those. You, you, and I were talking about that the other day. Is it? Is it? Yeah, no. Exactly what it sounds like. Is it two big muffs or what? What's going on there? No. So it's actually it's from an earlier circuit called just the muff overdrive. Mm. Um, that was his name, Mike Matthews, named because it muffled the sound. Um, so it's a it's a far simpler circuit than the big muff. Um, and so it's two of these overdrives in one box and a little switch, the switch between one of them or both of them on at the same time. Oh, cool. I need to find one. Of there's those. yeah, you can. There's two different versions um, there. There's the small, small box. And then uh, it came about right at the end of the uh, the big box era. So there are some big box ones. OK, OK, gotcha. I'm going to I'm going to be hitting up the old. Uh reverb oh the tonemob.com slash reverb i mean uh page later to look at double muffs i think that sounds like a good time anyway sorry oh yeah you you can pick them up for fairly cheap cool i mean i think they sell new for like 60 bucks let alone i haven't looked at the use price but i imagine they're super inexpensive even better i like i mean hey yeah if i can get my fix who, who can argue against cheap pedals i can't they're one of my you'd, very you'd be wasting things. money if you didn't invest <laughs> Yeah, it'd be stupid for you not to buy cheap pedals. That's what that's what my old man always told me back <laughs> on the pedal farm. Uh, anyway, so you got the double muff and you, you're it was kind of funny. Your dad was like, ah, yeah, this is kind of a, a cheese ball electronics project in some ways, but it, it inspired you, apparently. Oh, yeah. And so from there, I, I, I slowly started collecting pedals um, and then I, I went to college also for electrical engineering, um, because my dad did. And also I, I was under the naive, uh, understanding that 
they would teach me something about electronics. Uh, oh, well, which I, I thought would I thought would teach me about guitar pedals. Turns out, no, no. So they Most, you went to school for electrical engineering and they didn't teach you about electronics. Well, they did. I never made it to the point where I actually got the circuits one circuits. One was behind um, differential equations and uh, physics two and physics two is what made me change my major because I took that three times and technically I passed the last time, but my GPA was so in the tank. My counselor took me aside and was like, yeah, you got to do something different, man. <laughs> <laughs> I so I switched. Oh, go ahead. Yeah, I switched from uh, electrical engineering to IT. And that was the point where um, I just kind of sat down with really old electronics books and just started reading like AMZ and Beavis Audio on the internet and just started teaching myself about the electronics of metals. So is it such a thing now? I'm Maybe I'm not following. Is it such a thing that like the the stuff, the technology we're talking about, at least in like analog dirt boxes, for you know, per se, is so kind of ancient and outdated by most consumer electronic standards that they just don't teach that stuff anymore or was it is it just no it's super it would be like the very beginning of circuits one would be kind of the stuff that would be applicable to audio circuits and then you move well beyond that i'm not even sure if they talk about like cmos analog logic anymore i think they they jump straight from that stuff into like digital logic Oh, interesting. I mean, that makes sense. There's not really, I mean, at least as far as I can tell, <clears throat> not a lot of other applications for that stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Unless you're like recreating um, old Atari units, which I, I did know a guy that wanted to like, hand, even down the like hand etch make, it wasn't a Commodore, but it was one of those like very early video game units. Oh, really? Wow, that yeah, seems like an intense process. It it is, and it's really funny because like all the logic chips would take up way more room than if you just bought like an Arduino. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, that is the that is the thing about technology: smaller, faster, cheaper. As the years go on, um, double the power and half the size. Yes, and probably easier to work with as well. So, oh yeah, <laughs> not using some sort of outdated language that no one knows how to program in anymore or something like that. I don't know. So you, you started reading everything you could started educating yourself and then what happened? Yeah. There? Well, it was also about that time that, um, I was hopelessly addicted to Tumblr and I ran into this blog called Schrodinger's delay pedal. And it was just another electronics nerd um, just going on, on and on about like old Digitech pedals and modifying, uh, or the, 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 the Holy Grail reverb, the, the big box ones where you can actually like rip them apart and modify the chips. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and then he started working on a project that eventually became called the long sword. um, and that's kind of when I started paying attention because I'm just like, oh, man, this guy is developing a pedal from nothing, which is something I never occurred to me that you could do. 
Um, and so I, I'm slightly referring to John Snyder of Electronic Audio Experiments. I didn't know that's where, like, that was some of his first interneting stuff. I I had him on the show, and we didn't even talk about that. That's kind of funny. Oh, yeah. There, there's a couple of us uh, that were in that Tumblr scene. I, I was very quietly part of it. I didn't really contribute, but uh, like Evan from Dirge Electronics was also in that. Uh, Corey Bardos from Fuck Yeah FX Pedals also. He's actually the one that introduced me to John. Oh, okay. which I, I think I like owe him one for life for that. Gotcha. 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 Um, gotcha. Okay. This is interesting. I didn't know that that's where you guys had come from because like Tumblr was not something that was really on my radar other than the fact that that was mysteriously where Thrice hosted their their main website for like years. That's the only real experience I had with really? Tumblr. Yeah. That's weird. Yeah, it was weird. It was like <clears throat> when I first was like when when I first really started like getting into the internet, you know, in the whatever mid mid late 2000s whatever it was. And it was like that. That was where they had the. I don't. I could have my timeline all screwed up, but yeah, they had their website hosted on Tumblr for a while, and I was always like, "What's Tumblr?" And then I would scroll through, and I was like, "I don't get it. I'm on, <laughs> on to other things." But uh, I, I didn't know that there was a handful of like people that I knew that. That's kind of where they had originally came together. That's crazy. Yeah, I, I know Corey and John have known each other for longer, but. I think that I think they met on like the ultimate guitar forms, even even older than that. But yeah, that's Tumblr is how I was introduced to John. And I think it was when he moved from Connecticut up to Boston. Okay. Um, I bought one of the original longswords. Uh and it is still one of my favorite pedals. It's just a good sound, especially the the first one doesn't have all the improvements that John later made onto it, which is part of the charm of it for me, um, mm. that you could just really, it doesn't have all the headroom. So when you really start getting into high distortion, it just fuzzes out. And if you crank the EQ, it sounds basically like a tighter, better version of the HM2. <laughs> nice. That sounds good. That's That seems like something oh, yeah. I'd get into. It, 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 it's so good. But yeah, I, I never experienced a pedal like that. And that just like set my brain on fire of, oh my God, this guy just created a pedal from nothing. I could do that. And so I I looked it up recently and it was like April 16th, 2016. I asked John about, on Tumblr, uh, about, okay, how did you get into doing circuit boards? Because I had tried building my own pedals on like Vero board and other um, more DIY ways of building pedals. I was just never good at it. <laughs> right. So I figure I knew a bit about PCB stuff from school. Um, so I just kind of dive into it. I mean, the the internet exists. You should be able to Google it. Um, so I asked John about uh, PCB stuff and he told me about Eagle and some other actually really excellent information. Um what what is so Eagle that, for, for those listening? Eagle for everyone that isn't involved, it's a PCB design program. Um actually now owned by Autodesk. Okay. Who uh, does AutoCAD. Oh, I didn't know that. Oh, okay. That makes sense. Yeah, that's relatively recent. Uh, I think that only happened like two or three years ago. 
Yeah, that sounds familiar. Like, I remember some people complaining about having to port over some file. I don't remember. Anyway. Yeah, when, when Autodesk bought them, uh, they, they went to a subscription service like everything else instead of a one-time download, which in some ways is better, in some ways is worse. I still use my old free version. <laughs> well, of course. I mean, as long as... As long as you can, like you just got to you got to milk that cow for all it's worth. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I have I'm, a bunch of programs I'm, like that. Oh, yeah. I'm starting to run into the limitations of it. I keep looking at the subscription. I'm like, I don't want to, but I'm going to have to. Yeah. And it's also one of those things where it's like, but if I don't and this goes away entirely, you know, it's not like it's not like it's on any one customer, but at the same time, it's like if this goes away entirely, it's going to be bad for everyone. So I guess it's worth the twelve dollars a month or what <laughs> for some people, oh, yeah. for some people anyway. So sidebar, sorry, I got you. I got you off. Oh, no, that's there. I I mean, I love sidebarring. <laughs> oh, we'll be doing plenty. Of um, <laughs> but where did I go? from? But yeah, so I started just doing clones of stuff in my spare time for myself. Mm-hmm. Um, and then in February 20, 2017, uh, my day job was doing inventory and my hours were super down. And I don't know how I came upon it, but I, I made the realization that I must have sat doing circuit boards longer than I worked my real job. Ah. I'm just like, okay, I have to I have to make money from this somehow. Um, so I started, I gave my, I had that realization and then I set myself a hard date that I felt was way in the future. I think I gave <laughs> myself like six months and said, you are launching a website on this date. Go. And I just started uh, taking those clones, trying to make them a little bit more unique or uh offer documentation that would be different than what's out there compared to other DIY people like uh, Mad Bean or actually in that time, Aeon Electronics came out, who was another cool DIY guy. Right. Um, I remember that. Is Are they still around? Oh, yeah. I, Aeon's doing actually very well. He's tracing stuff that like no one. He, I think he just traced some super unattainium Cornish stuff. Oh. Like he was running that through an MRI machine to see if it was even worth tracing. I'm just like, whoa, are you my serious? God? I, wow. Oh, yeah. If you go to his Instagram, you can see like this Cornish pedal X-rayed because he's just like, if it's super cloned, there's no purpose of spending the process of degooping it. Right. <laughs> so he just I, I don't know how he had access to an X-ray, but it's. One of the most scientific things, but yeah, Aeon has some really good stuff. That's awesome. I, I remember hearing about them, but I, I didn't keep track of them as a company because, you know, the DIY thing is not really my my jam. But yeah, not really your things. So that's yeah, that's why I asked. Um, yeah, he has a good clone of the preamp of the L5, the Moog L5 amp. Oh, really? That's probably how. Yeah, that's probably how most people know him. That sounds very familiar. Like I've seen that around. Reverb did a video on it. OK. All right. All right. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Interesting. Yeah, well, it, you know what's interesting about the Cornish stuff? It, and I haven't really talked about it on this show that much. But it's like one of the last ones that people are sort of okay-ish with being gooped. Like most of the time when people see goop circuits now, they're like, boo, goop circuits. But 
Cornish, everyone's still kind of like, oh, I got a Pete Cornish, you know, whatever. The It's like one of the last things that seems to be OK with gooping. I don't know. Am I wrong? Or are there others that? Fall um, well, I don't know. I think he's just so antiquated with the gooping. Um, I'm not sure if people let it slide, but it's just like, OK, it's a Pete Cornish circuit. It's going to be gooped. Like, that's just is what it, you just accept it. Like, it's not like, yeah, it's cool with it. That's just like, well, that's the only way you're going to get one. So, yep, it is what it is. You're suck it up and get the gooper. You don't get a pedal. <laughs> it's a good point. He does it his way. So, I mean, more power to him if people are willing to uh, people are willing to spring I mean, for it. You know? Yeah, exactly. People are still willing to shell out for it, so Yeah. You can't tell him he's wrong. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Who's who's really the idiot here? Like maybe it's me, which in most cases it usually is. So <laughs> there's that. Um anyway, so so he's yeah, sorry, you were going. I'm keep doing this to you. I keep going, wait, wait, tell me more about what you just said. <laughs> and then okay, now go back. Yeah, and I will yeah, always I'll go, I'll go back. <laughs> <laughs> you 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 will find this out very quickly. I will always indulge. Um, God, where was I? But yeah, so I I set myself like a six month date limit. I developed all this documentation, and then July seventh, twenty sixteen, I launched a little web store. Chris Jin, um, Touchdown for Fat Kids, was the first person to ever buy something from me. Nice. Who I am eternally grateful for, because um, he he was the only one that bought something for like two months and so it like so kept, kept you going like type of like oh yeah somebody wants it somewhere i just gotta find them somebody want i just gotta get to them um and so over the next couple months i just launched a bunch of diy projects um and how did i start doing the original stuff i think just because i was doing all these clones i started getting familiar and getting comfortable with all the different circuit blocks. Mm -hmm. um, I just wanted to do something a bit more, um, but I just never had the capital to do it. Um, and then Dan from ADD audio disruption devices, ADD pedals, um, bought a couple DIY boards uh, for him to build up. And he really liked uh, my dark grind circuit, which is kind of a really extreme take on a fuzz face. Nice. Um, I like extreme takes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, <laughs> uh, that's like my beginnings in circuits were all Debbie Ever pedals, which I'll get a bit more into later. Um, but yeah, I like extreme pedals and extreme sound. It thought, um, but he bought the dark grime and he really liked it. And he reached out and said, oh, you know, we should do something sometime. And I was just this little guy and Dan has a much bigger following than I, I did. Um, so I, I, the gears just started churning. I think I got back to him like a day later. I'm like, what do you want to do? We could do anything. Right. <laughs> and he's like, well... Uh, and Dan is a huge fan of, like, unobtainium Death by Audio pedals. Okay, cool. He, yeah, he used to have this collection of Death by Audio pedals where it's just like, there's only three of them. One's owned by Oliver. Um, one One's out in the world, and Dan owns the other one. That's so cool. He, I love that. Yeah, it, it was 
a ridiculous collection. Um, and so he had this literally just a picture and a description off of Death by Audio's site of some pedal they built. And he's like, do you think we could do something like this? And it was some sort of filter fuzz. Um, I'm like, I can figure it out. I can do it. So I just started looking into different filter circuits. I came across uh, the state variable filter, which is a way of building a filter and getting your three major filter types. So a high pass, a low pass, and a band pass okay. out of the same structure. Oh, interesting. Um, cool. Yeah. And I just paired that up with the Dark Grime, and out came the Dark Grime Deluxe, which was the first production pedal I ever did. It's about the size of a tank. <laughs> it is, okay. to date, it's the least pedal board friendly thing I've done. I think it's like four inches wide by like six inches tall. Oh, that's a big it's, boy. Yeah. It's a big boy. It, you could use it as a pedal board. That's awesome. I, I have a thing for big pedals. Like, because I don't like have a board set up all the time that I'm messing with, like, I. I love it when a pedal's like huge. It aesthetically looks cool to me, and I'm just like, ah, this this thing. It feels substantial. I know it's ridiculous, but if, if you like have it. a big pedal, there's always just like more room for tone. That's why I always say that's right. You can put more tone in the case. Like, don't I mean it's just logic, of course. Yeah, I mean the bigger the pedal, the more tone it's got. Yeah, you can fill it. With you more look tone. at those like giant synth units that Moog made back in the '70s. Massive tone. Oh, so much tone in there. Then just think how loud those things were. They had all the tone. Because <laughs> they were big. Pedals yeah, of, of course. Size. Pedals no, of size, no, no, we'll say. No other reason. I love it. So, that was the first production unit. And there, I'm assuming this response was pretty good on it. And enough to, enough it was, enough to get, take it, it was, to the next step. It was decent enough to keep going. It definitely caught me the bug of, oh, crap. Pedals, like actually do okay and uh it definitely funded mask audio for the next year um so i i just kept building pedals and then what was next which started eldritch blast actually started next after that oh really okay um, wow i didn't realize yeah, it was pretty... so close interesting it's well it wasn't so close but it took so long to come to fruition um, cause, uh, when John was developing the DIY circuit that it's based upon, which is called magic missile, um, it, it's got some Debbie ever, uh, DNA inside of it, which I'm, I saw that I'm just like, oh, I know how to change this. And so as he was working on that, um, I just took it and provided a whole bunch of feedback on it. And so I think it was literally like six months after I started, I just went to John and was like, hey, could I do a, a production run of these? And he was like, oh, yeah, since you, you helped me out with that so much, sure, but try something different with the tone circuit. And trying something different with the tone circuit took a long time. I think it was like three different revisions before I even had one that I felt was worthy of the send John. The first one was just like really bad. <laughs> right. 
I, 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 I took a step backwards at first and I'm just like, Oh, I made it sound worse. No. <laughs> um, and then I came, uh, I eventually came on to doing something similar to the HM2 where it's an active circuit, um, with an independent base tr- control and the highs and mids controlled simultaneously. Um, and that's when it kind of clicked in and John, John liked that. I like that. And so Eldritch Blast was born. Nice. Um, yeah, every, and that's kind of seems to be how most people know about me is through that pedal, which I'll take. <laughs> I, uh, yeah, I, I don't know if it was that pedal that was first for me. I feel like it was a different one. I'm trying to remember. It, it might have been Black Math. I think it was Black Math. I think that's the that one. That was really directly cool. after. Um, that was just cruising around in my car, uh, listening to one of my favorite records is, uh, The White Stripes under Great White Northern Lights. Mm-hmm. Um, and at the time I was looking through, there's a website called Kit Ray's Big Muff page. Oh yeah. And it's legendary. Oh, okay. You know about it. Ooh. Oh yeah. I want to interview that guy. I want to, I want to talk to that guy so bad. Yeah. But that anyway. guy. I would love to talk to that guy as well. Cause I'm just like, it, it's for the audience. It, it's a complete history of the Big Muff from the very first ones pretty much up until current production units with schematics, with minor detail changes, the whole nine yards. Yeah. And so good. It looks it's, like it's from 1995, which sort of makes it better in my mind. Somehow. It, it fits the aesthetic of like old big, Mo- big box, big muffs. Yeah. Yeah, totally. <laughs> that, yeah. That page. And it's weird. Cause it's like, I don't know that guy's story at all because that's simply all I know about him is that he knows everything about the Big Muff, but also he sells knives. Uh, so it's kind of a it's kind of, it's it's a yeah, unique combination. Yeah, and he also I've never looked at it, but he also has a page for the Electric Mistress. Oh, I've never looked at that either. Wow, we got to get Kid on the on the horn. This guy, we got to get him. Got to get him. I wonder if he's a hard get. Um, but yeah, so I had this realization that if. Uh, a certain third man went to just a record shop, not a record shop, a music store. Uh, when he started the white stripes, it would have been not the current NYC reissue, but the first ones, which, uh, were actually designed by Fran Blanche or Frantone, which is super cool. That. What? Yeah. When electro harmonics came back from Russia, yeah. the first, uh, in like what? 98, 99. um, the first Silverbox NYC reissues were actually designed by Fran Blanche. I had no idea That's I now I yeah. need to get one. I just kind of was like, I'll get one. Eh, I'll get one of those one day. But now I need to get one. I didn't know that. Yeah, it's it's hard because they don't look anything different. I've been occasionally I'll just see a really cheap Big Moth and I'll buy it in the hopes that I get one of those because it is actually a fairly different unit than the current production uh big muff and if you hit it with a big loud boost um like the guitarist of the white stripes does um it just distorts and compresses in this very unique way um where if you just hit it with hard attack it like gates out mm-hmm. yeah the transistors are just like give me mercy <laughs> i can't take it anymore <laughs> 
I need more. Um, so when I had that realization, uh, I just took them. I, I didn't even um, breadboard it, like try it temporarily. I just did a circuit board for it. I sent it off over a vacation. I came back, built it up. I'm like, that's the sound. <laughs> and nice. I built the first 10 units. That's that's so funny because, again, like going back to names, like that's that is I'm starting to remember like how I first I saw that pedal and I was like, what's this black math pedal? Because that song is one of my favorite songs to play with the band. Like we just we're like, what song do we want to play? We don't, we're, we're kind of like, you know, like just like trying to figure it out. Like, you know, those times where you show up and you're just getting started and everyone's kind of fiddling their knobs and like tweaking their gear and it's like all right what song do we want to play and everyone's like i don't know maybe uh if we say black math it just tightens everything up and it's like all right here we go we're we're rocking now we're we're playing we're playing some rock and roll and i just i saw that pedal and i was like i hope that that's what that is (laughs) and that is exactly that is also uh my favorite white stripe song oh so good man that song jams yeah it is it is to me like the quintessential Big Muff moment. Yeah, I can see that. I can definitely see that. It's a, I don't know. I may, I may be of a certain age, and but yeah, that's definitely my reference point. Well, for me, the White Stripes, the White Stripes, and just Jack White in general are definitely like, as a whole, my quintessential Big Muff moment. I don't know if that song. I think I'd heard too much of them before for them to to be that for me, but as a band and as an artist, I would, that's the first person that made me want to buy that pedal. So I'm with you. I understand. But yeah, so I, I did that and it, it was kind of slow at the beginning. Um, and then my buddy, I, I made friends with Jordan from Pinebox customs and he did a post about it and sold me out, which kind of Basically, kind of kickstarted uh, production mask audio pedals. Oh wow, um, that's awesome! Yeah, well, I I had God, how many did I have on hand? Because I I'd sold like three when it launched, and then I think Jordan sold the other seven. Nice. So I mean, don't doubt the power of social media, folks. <laughs> hey, yeah, no, definitely don't. That's why we're sitting. Here today. <laughs> I mean, yeah, that's that's why. Both both of us kind of owe our careers to Instagram. Uh oh yeah, me one hundred percent. Like yeah, at this point in my life, it's 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 all it's all at least it it all originated there. That's not where it all starts now, but that's where it all came from. So yeah, thank you Instagram. Thank you. <laughs> thank you, Big Zuck. Yeah, <laughs> Big Zuck. I tell you what, Zucks, if you ever want to come by, I will smoke meats with you. I mean, I will smoke you. <laughs> The most delicious meats. We can hang out. It'll be a great time. We can, I don't know, maybe we can discuss whether or not you are a lizard. And uh, it'll be a great time. It'll be a wonderful. Thank you, Zucks. That's, uh, that's all I have to say about that. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> that, was more, that was more than he could handle. <laughs> Alex, oh, that was good. Uh. <laughs> I, I don't know how many people like know about the Zuckerberg like Zuckerberg smoking meats thing. And I don't know. I also don't think that that, that it takes a certain type of pe- person to find it funny. <laughs> and I don't think that it's, I don't think that it's everyone, but I really appreciate it. So, yeah, no, it's there's, I, I, what is it? That video now we're really sidebarring. It's that video of him, like in the backyard with yeah. his entire family, 
And it just goes, today I'm smoking meats. Yeah, he just keeps talking about it. And I'm like, you know what? That's what I would be doing right now if I was him too. So good on you. You know, why not? I, I identify with this content. <laughs> this is what people do on the weekend. I am smoking meats. It's 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 very uh it's very funny. But hey, again, Zucks, if you're listening. And 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 I will say, uh without letting the cat out of the bag, in our little weird like uh, guitar communities that we've created, there is a there is a there is a uh guitar community that I am a part of that also that also Mark Zuckerberg is a part of. He doesn't participate, but I know he's in there. Let's just put it that way. <laughs> that's incredible yeah so he may yeah i mean for all we know he mark's listening right now if he if, hey mark if you're listening <laughs> we could use some free sponsored posts if that's uh if that's something you can hook us up yeah with. high engagement we need that yeah for tone mob and mask audio we could really use uh we could use some uh, free some free sponsored posts if you're feeling generous just putting it out there <laughs> we gotta get them clicks man you know that's what it's all about all these but yeah, so oh god, what were wow. we even talking about? I was like, about? I was like how are we the episode. I know. I was like, how are we gonna come back from this? This is this is just a whole <laughs> different level of nonsense that we've ascended. We, to. we just went into like internet talk, which oh, is man, I love entire that. different podcast. I I should start just an internet talk podcast where I can just talk about memes all day long, just nonstop I, meme talk. I mean, you and the band memes guy. That Fan meme six six six. That he's a genius beyond me. Nope, I can't. I can't, I'm not on that. I'm not even close to that guy's level. He is way too funny. It's way too relatable and way too funny. So that's all I have to say about that. Oh yeah. So let's try to get this thing back on the. On <laughs> okay, the- so what we're talking about? We're talking about, about black, black Matt. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and okay, so that kind of kickstarted the. Uh, basically got mask off the ground from a production standpoint, like a regular production standpoint, but what's coming next? Like what's going on? What do you, what do you plan on producing in the future? Um, so more black mass. I have also my kind of scrambled octave fuzz. No, um, the, I've been working on something with Ian Pritchard of the demo channel collector emitter. Oh, love that dude. Um, I love them. I love him so much. Such a nice guy. Um, we've been working. God, it, this is another long one because I think I started that project right after I released the first. I released after we released the first uh, batch of Eldritch Blast. Oh, it's oh. it's been it it's been in the tank for a long time. Um. Uh, we're releasing a pedal called Park Garden. Um, it's kind of basically I pitched Ian if there was a collector emitter pedal, what would it be? And his initial response was two harmonic percolators running into each other. Oh boy! Because me and him, we initially bonded over actually our love of the double muff. He has a very similar story. Uh, I don't think it was his first pedal, but it was rather early in his pedal journey as well. Um, and so we, yeah, he's told me a double, a double muff. 
but with harmonic percolators. Okay. I'm like, this sounds amazing. Let's do it. And we tried it and tried it. And it never quite worked out right. It would either be so much fuzz that you couldn't control it picking up radio at all. And Ian now lives in uh, Brooklyn, yeah, which is like radio capital of the world. Yeah, it could be a problem there for sure. Yeah. So even like at its quietest, I could he can get it to be stop picking up radio or it just wouldn't have enough definition. Okay. So you would turn the game down and it would just be the mush. So it went back to the drawing board. So we kept with the kind of cascading different circuits, vintage circuits together until we found a combination that had both the extreme sounds that I really gravitated towards and the clarity that he gravitated towards. And it ended up being Park Garden. Was a what, this this might expose me as a, a fraud and a not cool person. What where's that name come from? So Ian is in a band called Bot Garden. Okay. And so it's kind of it actually I was thinking of Matt from Electro Foods and the disgusting way he does his circuit boards. <laughs> oh man, that's hilarious that we're talking about that right now because I again I was, I was by the way talking so, about this on Chasing Tone with with Brian and he'd never seen oh, he'd never seen it before. And I mean, I I feel like I'm one of the few people that like kind of likes it. Like I kind of like it. I don't know what it is. Oh, I love it too. Yeah, but. At least he has like an explanation of why it is the way it is, but a lot of us are just like, no. <laughs> Even if he didn't, I still would love it. But like Brian, I could like I, we don't record to where we can see each other's faces because it just helps the audio be better. Um, but and and I could like, he, but I could like feel it in the air. Like when I was like explaining it to him, like it's over on his Instagram. Click over and check it out. Like as soon as he did, I could feel it. he was like, well, yeah, that's a. Uh, that's a way to do it <laughs> or something like that. I can't remember. Oh yeah. And I was like, so ah, this is so, I don't know if I'm bringing him good publicity or bad publicity, but Hey, he sort of did it to himself. So, Oh yeah. When, uh, Steve Demi dash was on the show saying how you met each other was saying you're wrong. Yeah. Um, I was actually, you came into that conversation cause I was the one that whipped around and whipped out, uh, electro foods, Instagram and was like, this is what it looks like. Oh, that's right. That was you. I couldn't remember. That was there was like a group of people standing there. I couldn't remember who busted it out. And I'm like, yeah, I'm kind of into yeah. it. I get it. Like, it's a jumble. It kind of looks like a mess, but it's kind of a beautiful mess. And he's like, nah, he wasn't having it. I'm like, well, fine then. I don't. <laughs> oh yeah, Steve is like the harshest on Matt, and it's really funny seeing the two interact. And well, I'll where I can say that, like, you know. I obviously don't I obviously don't have too much of a problem with it since Matt, Matt and I have been talking about working on a little something and something. Oh, yeah. He uh, low down. He told me about it. Oh, OK. All right. Well, I, so, I yeah, Matt and I are also that. working on something. <laughs> <laughs> All these collaborations going on. I love it. It's so much fun. Oh, yeah. It's the way to go. It's going to be. Oh, yeah. Your, your thing seems interesting. It's uh, I don't want to get too much into it because it's so far out still. So I won't say too much about it. It's still very baby, baby stages. So we'll we'll keep that in the back pocket until I don't want to like say like, oh, it's going to do this and then be like, it can't do that because it can't, you know. (laughs) Yeah, it will be uh, for everyone else. It'll be cool. There you go. That's all. That's all. 
that's all we need to talk about at this point. I don't know when it's coming either. So it could be this could be way <laughs> like way letting the cat out of the bag way, way too early. But eh. oh yeah. Again, I did it to myself. So no one to blame but me. So I wanted <sighs> to ask you something else. You talked about like how you like extreme effects and we talked about the white stripes. Like, what other kind of music are you listening to? Nine inch nails, white stripes. What else? What else so pushes you mainly to it's super funny that I make guitar effects because I don't mainly what I listen to is like electronic music. Okay. A lot of like Aphex Twin, Square Pusher, um, Boards of Canada. I've been getting back into Blockhead, uh, who I feel is like the originer, originator of like the lo-fi beats. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Someone will, someone I will probably come out and correct me, but. Yeah, I love Blockhead. I I'm I have this weird relationship with electronic music because I'm I'm not I don't I'm not that big of a fan of listening to electronic bass music like just in the strictest sense. Like I like it uh, in like rock songs and stuff. But that's all I really do. Like when I'm like out here by myself with like 400 pedals, I'm basically making electronic music. I'm not playing guitar in the traditional sense anymore. You know, I mean, you even bought a keyboard now. So, I mean, I know I'm you're, like right you're, there. You're, you're two steps away from like buying a modular rig and that's the end of it. Oh, well, I mean, I super probably will buy one of those. Like, I mean, like that's the thing. And I've said this a million times like this, the stuff I make like for myself, like in the, my weird late night, tone tunnel whatever i'm doing uh it's not anything that i would like want to queue up and listen to most of the time that's a and i feel like that's a weird place to be but it's just like i i get inspired to like make all these weird sounds and it sounds really cool but at the end of the day i just want to listen to like i don't know heavy rock of some variety so it's kind of a oh yeah like thing yeah when when i'm sitting here playing guitar i'm mostly playing like stoner rock or big sun style chords and Mm -hmm. i don't really listen to that it's but it's fun just to like sit in front of a huge wave maybe a wall of sound maybe that's what i'm just doing i'm just like absorbing sound waves and i don't even care what they are that's not true i do care what they are i was about to say (laughs) with the kind of metal collection you got you definitely care yeah Uh, it's a it's a sickness it's a disaster I had Paul Roney and uh, uh, Danny Perez. He's a listener and just cool dude. Uh, They were over here a couple of weeks ago or something, maybe last week, whatever it was. And Paul was just like, yeah, you're you're fine. You don't have a problem at all. You you're totally okay." I'm like, yeah, thanks. Thanks for the confirmation that I need all of these pedals. Clearly, I need them to survive. It's just is what I have to have this entire display case full of pedals. I, I mean, to. there's no other way. Well, how uh, what would a, what would what would somebody do if they didn't have one? You know, that would be awful. Have a lot more money. <laughs> well, yeah, that's true. That is I, I was true. joking. It, Ian has a similar, not quite as large as yours, but he has a similar horde of pedals. And he's he just told me if he ever has kids, that's his inheritance. Yep, that, that'll work. That's what I'm saying too. Like, hey, look, kid, you got all everything you could ever need. We got fuzz, we got delay, we got reverb. I don't know what more you need in life. We have it all. We have it all for you out here. It's fine. Oh man, 
I'm my brain is going so many like weird directions with this podcast. So I apologize to everyone. I'm I <laughs> I can't hardly keep it straight today. Very very uh sleep deprived at the moment, but oh yeah, we will get. Plus, you're talking with me, and I, I will indulge every weird direction or purposely meander from the conversation. Purposely meander. Purposely meander. What? Sending a off ball. What? Are you trying letting conversation flow? Are you what? What are you doing? This is a you. You think this is a podcast, and you can just say whatever you want. <laughs> Come on, man, get it together. Get it together. Now this is a this is a good time, and we're starting to get towards maybe where I should start closing in on these classic questions. Are you you ready for that? I I had a panic moment over one of your classic questions this morning. Well, I mean, well, we don't need a panic about it unless you're really. Yeah, I, was, I, 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 I suddenly thought, oh no, I don't know. So you had some time to sit with it. Yeah, you're feeling good oh, yeah. about it now. Okay, I feel decent. All right, we'll start with the we'll start with the the first one. What's your favorite boss pedal? My favorite boss pedal is the DS2. Oh, okay. Tell me more. Um it's just well, I don't know where to start from it cuz it's it's interest it, it's just an angrier DS1. It's like comparing a tube streamer to a rat. Mm. Um yeah, it's just got this certain just more crunch about it that I've always enjoyed. So is it, and circuit design-wise, it's way different than like the closest other thing to the DS2 in Boz's line is the blues driver. Really? The blues yep. driver? Mm-hmm. Wow. You're just... they, they both share the same circuit block. I had no I, I would have never guessed that in a million years. Granted, I've never played a DS2, but I've always just assumed that it was what you just said, a very angrier, gainier DS1. And uh, the blues driver is not that. <laughs> Certainly not. No, I was. Uh, again, Jordan from Pinebox Customs was recently telling me just going on about the blues driver, which I never thought to look at it because it's just like it's a blues driver i don't play blues but then i was looking at the circuit i'm like this is very close to a ds2 it actually is more the blues driver is more complex than the ds2 it has more parts interesting wow i never i never knew this question what it's doing is it's gonna just make me like buy all the boss pedals at some point because every time someone brings it up, I'm like, well, that's interesting. I never thought of that pedal that way. Now I need one. It's not a good thing well, for me to, you know. Yeah, that's that's the fun thing about Boz is everyone that in our field has some experience with them. Oh, yeah. Everybody. I mean, I, I haven't I haven't ran into anybody yet except for. Oh, who was it? It was somebody that wasn't really a pedal person. Maybe this interview hasn't came out yet. I can't remember. I asked somebody that question and they were like, hmm. I can't remember that they, they 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 were being not like a super pedal nerd. They were they weren't sure. Who was that? Was it like just going off of released episodes? Abernethy guitars? No, it wasn't Abernethy. I can't remember who it was. Ah, Somebody will correct me. I can't remember half these conversations anyway. I'm such an idiot. But here we are. 
You spend a lot of time talking on the internet, my man. Oh man, that, I think that would shoot anyone's brain. It's it's chewed up. It's it's bad, and it's bad to not remember things that you are recording and then and then also putting out. <laughs> then people come up to you sometimes, or I get a message. It's like, hey, what about this? And I'm like, I don't know what you're talking about. They're like, it's that random thing you mentioned on an episode. And I'm like, who did? So was that me? Yeah, I wasn't there for that. I don't know what you're talking about. Bad times, bad times. All right, here here's the next question. I'm pretty sure this is the one you were stressing over. I don't know. Maybe it's not. But what kind of pizza do you like? Yeah, that was the one I was stressing over. Um, deep dish. Extra pepperoni pizza. Ooh, I didn't see that curveball coming. Is this a, is regional that a curveball thing? Um, deep dish is generally a curveball, I think. I don't know, because I feel like a thicker, doughier crust is the Detroit style. I've never I've never really dove into what Detroit style pizza is because I've I've only ever lived in Michigan. Right. So that is pizza to me. Hmm. It's like there is a. Yeah, which I don't I haven't left the state and had what someone else considers Detroit style pizza. Oh man. See, I've been sitting here going the only Detroit style pizza I've had knowingly was some cheap, like frozen thing. So I don't even really put it on the, like the level of like being able to say whether I'm into it or not. I just thought, well, this isn't very good because it's cheap and gross, but I've seen some pictures of some Detroit pizza yet. That's been driving me crazy. It seems like the, the, the crust and the cheese like sort of melt together and become one thing. Is that right? Yeah, the sauce is normally a little bit sweeter as well. Mm-hmm. Um, it's tip in my experience. It's also a little bit, yeah, thicker, doughier. Yeah. Now, what's this rumor I'm hearing about? Like that this is a this is how the auto workers cooked it on old hubcaps or something back in the day. Is that just nonsense? That seems like nonsense. Uh, well, I'm not the most in tune with local pizza history. Um, it, it might be, but that sounds like the same kind of lies that people from Australia spread about Australia. What kind of lies do we wait? What there's lies about Australia? What's are there? Not- Have you ever heard an Australian person talk about like drop bats? N- no, I don't even know. <laughs> I don't even know what that is. So shows we're. Man, man, we're going super off track. Um, yeah, I, I have a friend from Australia and he will talk about koalas and how they will like just fall off of trees and onto people <laughs> like that's a thing that happens. No way. For real? The koalas. Absolutely. Just and people, no, they don't. Oh. oh, but he tells people this and they believe him. Oh, well, that's their own fault then. I didn't. <laughs> oh, OK, OK. I was like, they don't just fall out of trees. There'd be no more koalas. They'd be dead. Like, there's not that many koalas. If they were just dropping out of trees everywhere, they'd, they'd be dead. I don't know. Maybe part of it is that my, my grandparents did go to Australia several years ago, and so and they never mentioned no was I was not buying that as soon as it came out of your mouth. No way. They're not. What other lies are about Australia? I don't know. I, I don't know what other lies he tells people about Australia. But it's entertaining to watch. So he calls of it, just what does he call it again? Drop airs. Drop airs. 
Drop Bears. Oh, Drop Bears. Okay, that makes sense. No, I've never heard of that before. So Drop Bears. If you if you guys hear about Drop Bears, it doesn't exist. Not a real thing. It's another public service announcement from Alec. He's just dropping knowledge bombs all over the place on this podcast. It's wonderful. Well, man, we've got just a couple minutes left. You want to tell people where they can find you and all that jazz? Um, yeah. You can find me mostly at mascotioelectronics.com um, or mascotioelectronics on Instagram. I finally got on that this year of just having a super long Instagram handle. Well, of course. Um, well, I, I used to go by my, my personal Instagram na- name, which is AZX309, um, which is literally like the only name I've ever had on the internet. <laughs> But now it's just like, if you do an Instagram story, my name doesn't fit in one line. (laughs) All right. Thanks so much for coming on and hanging out and all that jazz. And uh, for Alec, this is Blake. And as always, folks, good luck and good tones. All right, we did it. Stick a fork in it. It's done. Totally done to a nice medium rare with the seared, you know, it's a cast iron seared outsides. Oh, after been marinating in red wine overnight. Oh, baby, it's so good. Mm, now I need steak. Steak, 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 steak. All right. Um, let's see. I think that's all I have for this week. Um, uh, just a little reminder. A lot of you remember this slash know this already, but I still am a co-host on the Chasing Tone podcast. I'm not on every week, but I'm on most weeks. Mr. Wampler and I go on all kinds of nerdy, dumb journeys together, and we discuss as, as much ridiculous stuff as possible. Uh, but it's a, it's a lot different than this show. That show is, is more topic-based, and sometimes we go on you know gear news or whatever's happening or what's the latest Gibson scandal or blah, 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 blah. We, we kinda, it's a little more topic-based like that, which, of course, we then, because I'm involved, we promptly ignore and start talking about things like Bill Murray and, uh, you know, cheeseburgers and whatever else happens to come up. Brian likes to talk about goats a lot, so that happens. But yes, the Chasing Tone podcast, I've been doing that for a long time. Probably almost as many, if not more, episodes of Chasing Tone than there are Tone Mob, uh, as far as uh, my involvement goes anyway. So that's kind of crazy. So if you need more of me blabbering about dumb things uh, to smarter people than myself, which is kind of like this, I guess then the Chasing Tone podcast is for you. Um, I have a lot of fun. Uh, Brian and I have really enjoyed doing it all these years, and it's uh, it's really a treat for us. So if you could give that a, uh, a scoping out, I would really appreciate that as well. All right, that's it for this week. I will talk to you all next time. Please don't forget to hit tonemob.com slash reverb for all of your purchasing needs, and I'll be in your ears soon. Bye. One last thing before we totally sign off here, I just want to remind you that if you do any shopping at Stringjoy, that's Stringjoy Guitar Strings made in Nashville, that will help me out as well. As I've said for years, I'm heavily involved in that company, and I really do think they're making the best products on the market. So if you would like to try custom strings, go to ToneMob.com Stringjoy and check them out today. I seriously, seriously, seriously love what the team down there is doing. I help them out with all kinds of things, and 
by you supporting them, you are also supporting me as well. And hey, you need some strings, so why not get some custom strings just for your guitar and playing style? Again, the link for that is tonemob.com slash stringjoy, and that will take you right to their website, and you can do all your shopping through there, and that will help everyone involved out. So thank you very much. Talk to you next time. We are brought to you by the wonderful folks at Gun Street Wiring Shop. Yes, Gun Street Wiring Shop. I've talked about them before. I used to say based out of Bend, Oregon, but guess what? Sean moved to my neck of the woods. Sean's in Portland. Sean is awesome and has helped me with a bunch of stuff lately. And if you have wiring needs for your guitar, he can help you too. If you want to get weird with it, he can get weird. If you just need to spruce things up a little bit, there's your guy. He takes all the guesswork out of doing your guitar wiring, and he makes it simple, and his customer service is top-notch, and I can't say enough good things about Gunstreet as a company. I really respect Sean and what he's all about, and the product is top-notch. I've got three different guitars that now have Gunstreet harnesses in them, and I could not be happier. So go to GunstreetWiringShop.com and check them out.